what the heck are you excited about these days? In your experience, what stops people the most and how do we transcend those limits? What have you learned about yourself running these marathons? How important is environment? Hold on, the manuscript and everything. It's called the reinvention formula. The reinvention formula. I love it, man. Congratulations, thank man. You, That's a big thing. Yeah. Thank First you. book. First book, yeah. Amazing. Uh, we got a huge book deal from Wiley Publishing. Okay. For a first-time yeah. author, stuff like that. Mm. I'm excited about it. Nice, man. Yeah, there's something very personal about a book. I used to see mm. people like get emotional when they did their book, and I didn't get it. Mm. Now I do. <laughs> it's very vulnerable. How long did it take you to write it? You'd be surprised. So Your they, whole life. Yeah, that too. But <laughs> they gave us a, a very aggressive deadline. Okay. And once they did, I just I created a process. Mm. In the month of December 2022, just passed. Mm. I woke up at four every day before the world. Mm. I wrote for about an hour, hour and a half, thousand fifteen hundred words a day, mm. and I wrote the whole book in one month. I had a lot to say, mm. and it was taking me back to like some of the dark seasons, some stuff when I was a kid. Mm. Very therapeutic, mm. um, but it was beautiful. You wrote this was in your house, like in like at the yeah. office or desk. Yeah. Or- yeah, wow. with the New York City skyline behind wow. us. I can't wait. The yeah. reinvention formula. Yeah. Love it, man. Yeah. I can't wait to let me I'd love to support it. Yeah. Read it. I mean, if you want to send me a copy, you okay. know, I'd love to check yeah, it. You're gonna course. do an audio version? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we just got a proof of that. Sick. So that's gonna happen soon. Sick, sick, sick. Nice, yeah. man. That's a big deal. That's your baby. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. We have a lot of uh, good people supporting it, blurbs mm. on the back and mm. forward and stuff. So mm. I'm excited about it. They say the book changes a lot. So mm. I don't have expectations in terms of that. I just want to do mm. a good job. Mm. Yeah. You know, and help a lot of people. It will. It will. It will for sure. One thing I know it too, a thing about is reinvention. Boom. Let's get into yeah. it. Let's talk about that. But first, I want to always ask guests, what the heck are you excited about these days? I mean, obviously the book. Yeah. But what about what else in life for you is exciting you? I'm excited about everything. I know that sounds weird. I spent so long not excited Hmm. waking up on monday looking forward to the weekend Hmm. i was that type of cat and we talked about this too on my show i was anxious about the future i wasn't where i'd hoped i'd be or thought i'd be a few years back i was i don't want to use the word depressed but i was pretty down about the past Hmm. and the last place i was was the present Hmm. and then when i changed all that people are always like what are you on i'm like you don't get it I spent 35 years trying to find myself. Mm. So now everything changed. I, I literally love everything. I love being here with you. I love my fiance. We just got a puppy. Uh, all the things that I get to <laughs> What's do. What's his name? Uh, his name is Whiskey. Nice. <laughs> 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 little cutie. Cool. I love all the things that we're doing. Literally, the podcast, the speaking, the mm. books, the sponsorships, the coaching, the community, every single thing that I get to do, mm. not have to do these days, it's just mm. so much fun. Uh, my parents are a little bit older. They're so excited about everything that's going on. Okay. So literally every single day, and you know how it is, like an entrepreneurship. It's like every day is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, and I'm generally excited about everything, but specifically, I'm really excited about the book coming out. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. The reinvention formula. And we're going to get into that. Actually, let's start there. Like, because you have a background. Is it 11 years in Wall Street? 13. 13. Yeah. 13. And then yep. you made a you made a pivot. You made a change. You took a leap. For those of those listeners that aren't familiar with your story, with your transformation, tell me what got you into Wall Street and what got you out of Wall Street? Phenomenal question. So when I graduated college, I wasn't one of those cats that knew what I wanted to do, like be a, a baseball player or 
Hollywood actor or anything. I really didn't have a clue. I was lost in the wilderness with no compass, but I was ambitious and I lived in New York and I was always fatuated by stocks and stuff like that. And so I got a job soon after I graduated college on Wall Street. And it was at that moment that I also stumbled upon personal development. Hmm. So that was- Same time. Yeah. Okay. So I started to learn mindset. I remember coming across videos of like ET and a bunch of these people and ironically, now that all my friends have been on the show, hmm. but I was so captivated with how you can change your mindset. You can choose a different perspective. You can cultivate confidence. Hmm. And so being ambitious, learning personal development, I saw limitless opportunities there at that time. Hmm. You know, with Wall Street, as you can imagine, there's a lot of unpredictability. Mm. Yeah. Right? Volatility. And, and, yeah, volatility, yeah. great word. <laughs> so it stopped becoming fun at some point. And, and I always knew I was here for more. But at that season, it, it was fun and I wouldn't change a thing. And one of the things that I learned during that season specifically was work ethic and discipline. Mm -hmm. Two characteristics I think are important for anybody to achieve success in anything they want in life. Mm. And so I became very hardworking, very disciplined. I was a gladiator in the wrong arena at that time, right? Mm -hmm. Now I'm in the right arena, um, but but I learned work ethic, mm -hmm. uh, drive, discipline, and all that stuff. And so that's why I got into it. And the reason why I got out of it is because just like you said, volatility, I mm -hmm. uh, wasn't happy, was having fun anymore. Um, as it turns out, success is not just dominating one area mm -hmm. and just making money alone is, is not successful. Right at least okay. in my opinion today. And so when the pandemic happened, I shut down my office for the first time, really the first time in my life that I just took a moment to just reassess. Mm. And I was like, if not now, then when? Mm. And I had this spiritual awakening and I know it was a spiritual awakening because the way you describe a spiritual awakening and we talked about this on my show, all the characteristics that is required mm. is literally what I had. Mm. And I got quiet for the first time in my life. I mean, the lockdown pandemic, whatever you want to call it, it was a historic opportunity for those that took a second. I took a second mm. and I realized at that moment that I did not want to go back mm. after this lockdown. And to make it even more real, the cost of inaction was so high that I associated death with choosing to go back and be miserable. Mm. And so I said, I know I'm here for more, just like we all are. Wow. Let me make myself available right now and put myself in a high frequency. Mm. And just like that, I started getting downloads. I'm obsessed with personal development. I could communicate pretty effectively. Mm. I don't want to be the next Tony Robbins. I want to be the first Craig Siegel. Mm. I'm not 100% sure what that looks like. Mm. But I know I've been successful at things in the past that I didn't even really like. Mm. How can I fail at this? Because even if I don't have experience, mm. I'm resourceful and determined enough mm. to figure out what works or surround myself with the right people that mm. have been there. There's a formula. This is a formula, mm. a reinvention formula. Mm. And uh, I went all in, it took my shot because a wise man once told me uh, that the riskiest thing we could do is, is not take any risks. Mm. And you said that to me on my mm. show. Uh, you worded it a, a little <laughs> more mm. articulate. What did you say? How did you say it? Maybe uh, play it safe. Playing it safe is the riskiest know. thing we could ever do. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah that's it. And so I took the shot um, wow. and the rest is it's all the, the pieces of the 10 lane highways for the takeoff, the podcast, the speaking, the coaching, all that. Mm. Sold the business on Wall Street and this is it for me in some capacity for the rest of my life. Mm. And we're just getting warmed up. Mm. Literally, we are in the sauna <laughs> and we are getting warmed up. <laughs>
You ever heard of a guy named, uh, so I, I've never worked on Wall Street. I enjoyed, it was a time in my life I, I don't know, enjoy, obsessed maybe. Uh, I love like reading charts and stocks and Elliott Waves and all this good stuff. I, I, I studied. There was a guy uh, I learned about named Jesse Livermore. You ever heard of Jesse no. Livermore? No. Okay, Jesse Livermore. He's a very, very interesting character, or was. Um, so he was known as the bear on Wall Street. And he shorted the stock market during the Great Depression. Okay. Made a lot of money. Today, if you put how much he made translated into Inflation, today's value, yeah. it'd be about $13 billion. No big deal. So he made a lot of money. Even, I think, the president actually called him to his office and said, can you sell these stocks and break even. He begged him because he was just crushing the economy. Yeah. Like he was, it was insane. But Jesse Livermore had all this success and had a, also had a lot of volatility in which he lost a lot of his wealth. And at the end of his life, he had about five or $10 million and he actually took his life. I think in his bedroom, put a gun to his head and blew his brains out. And next to him was a suicide note uh, to his wife that said, I'm sorry, I'm I'm a failure. He still had $10 million in the bank account, but he, he had had this identity that was he was de deserving of, I guess, much greater. Um, but I'll tell you that because, you know, you had a very successful career and you made a pivot. You got out of it and you kind of followed your heart and now you're doing something totally different because you recognize, as you said earlier, that, Financial success isn't is one part of success, but it's not the only success. Part. It's yeah. not the only part. Right. Tell me, tell me about that. Tell me about the courage. The way you make it seem is that you know you just had your mind made up. Yeah. Was it scary? Did you ever have any fear about it? Any doubts? Were any friends around you saying, "Nay, don't do that. Just stay, stick here"? Because that's what happened to me when I when I quit rap mm -hmm. everybody was saying no prince don't don't do that don't just just make a club song and then you know you could do your club conscious song. stuff later yeah you know what i'm saying but i just felt in my heart um that i just had to had to jump how was it for you similar so for me i did this eulogy exercise hmm. right and i thought like okay if this was two weeks from now and this was it for me who would be at my funeral what would they say and what kind of legacy or impact that I leave behind, if any. Mm. And the, the hard truth at that time was that, yeah, I had some good relationships. I made some money, but that was about it. I, I was a spoke on the wheel of the system, of the matrix, if you will. Mm. And I said, that's unacceptable. There was no guarantee that starting CLS would pop off. Mm. I had 300 Instagram followers at the time, which you can argue is less than zero. Mm. <laughs> I, had, I had nothing going on, no connections, mm. but I knew that if I gave this thing everything I got, mm. showed up for the first time in my life, real, raw, and authentic, because mm. I'm a bit of a recovering people pleaser, if I'm being honest, that was the one guarantee I made to myself that I'd be 100% me for the first time in my life. Mm. Some people might love it, some people might not, that's okay. Mm. I knew that I had to take this shot. I was already losing. I was starring in a movie called Existing. I was already living in my worst case scenario, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. So I thought, I actually love personal development. I'm obsessed with it. I love to talk about it, I love to help people, I love to elevate people. I love to learn about it myself. So I have to take this shot. And literally I said, I would rather die than not. Mm. Could Is it scary? Yeah. I'm a bit of an introvert, might surprise you. 
Um, I didn't love public speak. Really? Yeah. I could see that actually. I love that. Yeah. And I just found out that public speaking is the number one fear in America. I guess it's not really that surprising if you think about it. But, you know, I didn't have any of this experience in this stuff. But to me, the scariest thing of all, Prince, was the COI, the cost of inaction. And I know a lot of people, sadly, specifically from my old life, that I wish I did this or I wish I took that shot or I should have done this. I don't want to be a should have. Mm. I would rather screw up or, or fail. And I put in quotations because it's not really a failure if you learn, mm. than not take this shot. I never had clarity like this before. Mm. I wasn't the type of cat that had all these ideas. I did Wall Street, no problem, it was a good run, learned a lot, wouldn't change it for the world. But when I had this spiritual awakening, I had all this clarity, mm. there's no excuse to not take that shot other than the fact that, yeah, it's scary. Mm. But as we both know, on the other side of uncomfortable action mm. is where all the real growth lies. Yeah. So yeah. I made it very real for myself. Fortune indeed does favor the bold. When you take those those leaps, uh, as Joseph Campbell would say, you know, following the hero's journey, um, you have to leave the familiar and go to the unfamiliar. Um, and I think that when we do that, we, be, we we're helped by invisible powers, hidden hands. Divine? Divine. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Um, because, I mean, we, we see this happen so often when people kind of take that that leap of faith, you know, walk by uh, faith, not by sight. What do you think, though, because there's a lot of people listening here that are, they don't like what they're doing. They don't like, in your experience, what stops people the most and how do we transcend those limits? Trans. And, right? That um, always stuck with me. I'll never forget that you said that. I love it. I think most people are scared of failure or what people might think about them and judging them. Also, I, I saw uh, an alarming stat that I think over 60% of people hate their career mm. or hate their job, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the reality is that I think we're going to spend about a third of our life in our career. Mm. So for the audience listening today, your listeners, you better love it because mm. that's a lot of time on that dash that we're here for, mm. right? So I think most people have an idea. They do hear a whisper here and there. Maybe they don't have the courage to act on it because they think, what if I fail? Yeah. What if I look silly? Right now I'm comfortable. Mm. Th that's unpredictable. Mm. But the reality is, is life is meant to be lived. And I believe similar to what you just said, when you take that shot and you step into the unknown, the hero's journey, whatever the case may be, whether it's universe, God, the divine, whatever it is anyone believes in, I believe they like that and they open up doors for you. And that's when you get those creative divine downloads. And you said this too, and I loved it, Prince. You said, if it's not this thing, it's the thing that brings you to the thing. But you'll never know if you don't get inside the arena. You have to take a shot. And when you do that, you don't have to worry so much about the how. Mm. The right person will come into your life at the right time, give you one nugget. You'll hear a podcast at the right time, mm. whatever the case may be. Mm. But to answer your question, hammer that home, I think most people are afraid of looking silly yeah. and then failing. Yeah, your fear of looking stupid is holding you back. Um, 
are there any tips when it comes to because this is a it's a confidence thing, you know, it's, it's a sitting up straight, it's a postural thing, it's a being able to use your voice. What what confidence tips can you give or can you share um, that can allow somebody to to make that leap? First of all, I'm a big believer in affirmations. Mm. I think that you know a lot of people talk about them, but they're underrated. Yeah. Right, like I look myself in the mirror all the time when I when I get that voice that says, "Oh, this isn't your arena, or you don't have experience." I say, "Why not you?" Mm. Talking to myself, mm. "Why not me? Why not you? Why not anybody?" Mm. Right? You have to just take the shot. In regards to confidence, I mean, look, you can't tie experience to confidence because I didn't have conf- I didn't have experience when I started this stuff. Mm. Even when you pivoted right from yeah. the rap thing, doing now. Cultivating self-belief. Instead of thinking about what can go wrong, I challenge you to start thinking about what can go right. Mm. How good can you stand it if it does work out? Mm. Start thinking about that. It's not most people think, oh, what if it fails? What if I look silly? But what if it goes great? Mm. What if it's a home run? Mm. What if you change your entire life? Mm. What if you make a massive impact, a contribution? Love so that. I challenge your audience to challenge their limiting beliefs. Mm. And you said something, I think it was on stage. You said thoughts are random, thinking is not. Go into that. We get so many thoughts over the course of the day. Most of them are negative. Most of them negative. This is backed by science, Mm -hmm. right? So those might be random, Mm. but you have control of which thoughts you allow to take up real estate inside your mind, Mm. right? So thoughts are random. But being strategic mm-hmm. is intentional. So if you have negative thoughts that are keeping you in a lowered frequency, mm. imposter syndrome, all that stuff, which is the biggest virus we have, take those thoughts, say, I remember you. I remember this weirdo Craig in the sauna with Prince was telling me about this. Literally like an intruder in your house, mm. get the hell out and start replacing them intentionally with positive thoughts. I am worthy. I can do this. Mm. I am resourceful. Mm. I do believe in myself. Why not me? And then you begin to change your DNA, whole physiology, because then you create new beliefs. Mm. Right? You start believing that maybe you just can. Mm. And then you create new behaviors and habits. Mm. Now you're willing to wake up a little bit earlier. You're excited. You're enthusiastic. You have the zest for life. And ultimately that creates new results. Mm. So although most of the thoughts are random, you can choose a different thought because mm. thoughts are not facts. Thoughts are not facts. Wow. <laughs> you don't have to believe every thought that pops up into your field of awareness. No. You can question it. 100%. And you should. Mm. And you said, I forgot how you articulated. It was beautiful. Something about like being able to take a step back and, and see your thoughts go by, not like attaching. Mm. Yeah, like clouds. Yes. Like clouds in the sky. Yeah. You know, but that... It, it takes some stillness, some awareness, some meditation, yeah. Um, because so many of us are all the time in our heads, and we believe we are the voice in our heads. And for me, it was recognizing that I'm actually how can I be the voice if it just keeps going right. without me? I must be something else. I must be the witness of the voice. And therefore, I have the power to choose which one to be loyal to and which one not to be loyal to. This small shift, I think, changes everything. This is mindfulness. <laughs> That's a quantum shift. Mm. I must be the witness. Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the, pure, the pure awareness. Um, you know, we are the sky in which the clouds come and go. 
we are that consciousness. Um, and it's, it's, it's a beautiful shift and it's so, it's so powerful um, because this whole world is made up of thought, good and bad. But once you start to really rest in your true essence, your true presence, um, you don't have you recognize that you indeed don't have to be a victim of it. The mind is a great servant, a horrible master. And we can use it as a servant, but when it uses us, that's when depression, that's when anxiety, that's when low confidence happens, and we kind of just become robots. So good. And I'm getting much better at this, but just to be clear, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Mm. I still catch myself once in a while. Like, mm. Why are you in a lowered state right now? Mm. And then I realize I'm buying in to those negative seeds. Mm. But then by becoming aware, mm. now I could do something about it. That's it. That awareness, catching it. Yeah. It's the first step, first and biggest step. Because you can't change what you're not aware of. That's right. Do you still struggle with that once in a while? I think so. I think it, 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 not as much because I think when you recognize who and what you truly are, it, it, you can't unsee it. Mm -hmm. When you read the books and you read the spiritual texts and you understand it intellectually, that's a um, lesser understanding of these principles than actually embodying them. Um, so when you can embody them, sure, the ego comes and, you know, you might fall, you know, you might slip, but the natural intelligence of the body, you catch yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's to be human is definitely to, to experience these fluctuations, the, the volatility, <laughs> bringing it back to the, to the stock and, uh, analogy. But, um, but you know, it's, you forgive yourself. Yeah. Of course. Like you said, you, we are works in progress. We are imperfect. Compassion is incomplete if it is not. Uh, directed on yourself. Oof. You, so many of us. Oh, how can I help you? How can I? But your compassion is incomplete if you don't apply it to you. It's so important. So good. Why aren't you sweating, man? What's going? Am on? Am I really not? Yeah, I don't see any don't sweat know. happening. <laughs> we gotta stay in here longer or something. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't know. I'm having so much fun. How you feeling? I feel great. You feel good. Yeah, it's crushing fantastic. It. Crushing it, man. Let's um hydrate because I'm I'm look I at me. See that, look yeah. Maybe we should have switched or something. It's 123. <laughs> You're a beast, man. This is easy for you. This is easy. Cause you, oh, because you run marathons. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But this feels nice. It's been a minute since I've been in here. It's relaxing, right? Oh, yeah. Last question before we shift. What um, Do you have self-care practices? Yeah. What, what are some of those you can share? Uh, well, I work out every single day. Okay. For me, it's non-negotiable. Mm. And it's not so much as the physical component, like looking good. Sure, that's great. That was more of an ego thing back in the day. For me, it's mental. Mm. And I do my best strategizing, mm -hmm. connecting to God mm. on runs. Mm. That's like a moving meditation for me. So I have that. Uh, I eat well. Those are the two big ones. Yeah. How's your sleep? I sleep great. Mm. I used to never not sleep. I used to not sleep great. But now it's like, you know, not to sound too cheesy, but I, I go to sleep next to my fiance, whom I love. I wake up every single day to build the career that I'm absolutely in love with. Beautiful. I never had that. So I think that makes a big difference. Wow. So in between then, it's just like sleep is just, uh, this is what I'm doing now. Mm. To recharge mm. the batteries mm. uh, and get back at it. That's so huge. so yeah, sleep great. How about you? I've prioritized all the, all of those. Because, mm. you know, I think a human life is is composed in the three elements, the mind, the body, and the spirit. And if you're not taking care of one of them, the other ones can be out of whack, right? 100%. One without the other is zero. So for, for, for mindset, I definitely, the affirmations every morning. One thing I do every morning 
is because my mind, or not even my mind, this mind that appears, that happens, some can lean negative. And ever since I was growing up, I, it could be some biochemical thing, who knows. But when I wake up and I flood my system with affirmations, not even me saying it, but listening to it, it blocks out the negative because thoughts are just sound. The interference, yeah. Yeah, thoughts are sound. And so when you can listen to affirmations in the morning, first thing, you really, really get off to a good start. So I prioritize that. I prioritize gratitude in the morning. I go for what I call thank you walks where I'm, um, I take a 10-minute walk. The sunlight, you need, come on, you need the sun on your skin. Um, the, the vitamin D just lifts the mood, also helps you sleep better later in the, in the evening. But when I go on these thank you walks, I try to find as many things as I can to say thank you to silently. I'm not just walking up the trees and say, thank you. I mean, you can do that. That's good, too. That sure. might be even more powerful when you vocalize it. But, you know, I just try to go on a silent thank you walk. Yeah. And it, it really recharges the day, sets it up. And, you know, physically, you know, I try to move, try to try to lift. I think it's great to to be able to look good naked, sure. to feel good, to, to, to move well. It's one of the gifts of being in a, in a human body. And anybody can achieve it. Anybody. Anybody. And sleep. Yeah, I'm a yeah, somewhat of a biohacker, so I got I like you are. sound machines. I try to track the, the temperature in the room, the cooling mattress, all this good stuff. So these three things are so important. Yeah, so important. I, I should have mentioned also uh, prayer mm. and sh sharpening the axe every single day. Mm. It's funny because I spent 15 years sharpening the axe, like mm. feeding myself a positive motivation, inspiration, studying psychology, historic figures. I know you're big on that. Podcasts, audiobooks. Now it just happens it's my career. Mm. Um, so it's work, but I do it every single day wow. while I'm getting ready, having a cup of coffee, mm. I'm feeding myself, consuming mm. something positive. I'm learning mm. and then I'm giving it back to the community and so forth. But also I'm like, right now I'm learning from you. So yeah, every single day. I mean, we talked about being physically fit. Even more important is staying mentally fit. Ooh, that's it. What kind of how do you exercise that? Audiobooks, podcast, reading, mm. sharpening, mm. YouTube videos, mm. watching your content. Uh, I also I, I'm always looking for a message. Mm. Like I'm I try not to watch anything that's like pointless. Yeah. Respectfully. Yeah. I'm just in a season of life where Got I it. I want to learn. Got it. So I'm always extract. I find messages in the weirdest things. Mm. There's a message in everything if you're willing to look for it. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the eye of the beholder. Indeed. You are a, a light in this world. Um, the videos that you that you create, um, you 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 really you're so grounded, relatable, human, um, humble, and I love what you're doing doing in this world. You're really making a an imprint and helping a lot of people. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate I appreciate that. that. Let's get some water. Let's, let's, let's rehydrate. Yeah, I don't see you sweating though. We got to come a back here later. A little bit. Okay, all right. <laughs> we just get warmed up. No pun intended. <laughs> How was the sauna for you? You didn't sweat too much, but uh, I loved it. You feel good? You know, Ken's brought up a good point. Maybe I was dehydrated from the the six hour flight. <laughs> Usually I sweat, uh, but I loved it. Okay, okay, I, good. I loved. Uh, yeah, it didn't even feel so hot because we were just having such a, a magical conversation. Uh, I know, right? Yeah, but, but I'm gonna I'm gonna re add the sauna to my repertoire. Mm, yeah, okay, that was good. It's a game changer. I know. It's I know. a game changer. I like to stretch in there after a nice workout. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loosen up the muscles, hundred percent. Speaking of working out, so you you're a runner. You you know you you've done marathons, and I look at marathons and I'm like, no way. Uh, 
but tell me, <laughs> what have you learned about yourself running these marathons? Such a powerful question. It's funny because sometimes I, I still don't consider myself a runner, even though I ran six marathons, pretty impressive times. Just ran the New York City half last Sunday, PR, first ever ran. Wow. But for me, the running, and I talk about this in the book, and I've never publicly talked about this, so I'm excited to right now with you. For me, when I was in that dark season of life, running was that gateway drug to becoming a better human being. Because what running did was it provided me an arena to be a gladiator in, to test myself, to cultivate confidence, to accumulate healthy habits, right? Um, drink a little less, eat better, uh, go to sleep earlier, wake up earlier, focus on recovery, nutrition. And, and I just became such a better human being with running. It gave me purpose at a season where I honestly lacked purpose. Mm. I had my J-O-B and that was good. But like I said earlier in the song, I wasn't putting a dent in the universe, if I'm being honest. Mm. And so running gave me purpose and I, it was intoxicating. Mm. I also found myself my most spiritual in the middle of a run. Mm. Forget about the endorphins, that's great too. But it's when I'm most connected to God. It's a moving meditation for me. And so the running was that gateway from those depressing seasons of life. That was the gateway to being available mm. to put CLS together in the beginning of the pandemic. So running is so special. I'm emotional about it, if I'm being honest. Like even like going to these marathons, there's nothing like seeing the human spirit on fire. Everybody's running for a different reason. I think for me running as long as you're physically able to put one foot in front of the other, mm. it's a it's a mind game. You got to be aware of that voice in your head, the devil, whatever you want to call it, the ego, mm. and say, not today, mm. right? I, I see you, but, but I'm not invested in you. Mm. I'm invested in what can go right. Mm. I could push a little harder. So I love running. It's very special to me. I'm romantic about it. <laughs> um, and I think whether it's running or whoever is listening today and has an outlet, it doesn't have to be running, it could be anything. Uh, it's good to have those because it's not exactly the finishing time or the end result, but it's who we become on that journey. Do you run by yourself or is it with a group or? It's funny you should ask. I always ran by myself. And then recently I started doing the Sunday long runs with a the group. They're like nut jobs, Olympians and all this mm -hmm. thing. And at first I had a little imposter syndrome. How am I going to keep up with these cats? Mm -hmm. Uh, but now they can't lose me <laughs> and, and it's fun and it's challenging. Um, so during the week I run by myself when I'm not running, I lift weights. Mm. I also just recently started boxing, which is really fun. Mm. But on my Sunday long runs, I look forward to running with the group. Okay. Nice. Beautiful. Beautiful. You, you said in one of your videos, goals will keep us alive when nothing else will. Yeah. Expound on that a little bit. Yeah. Goals generate desire. They give you purpose. And I seen this firsthand with my dad, who's 87 years young. He was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer five years ago. I'll never forget being in the room with the doctor when they came in. My dad was always super healthy. Even though he's in his 80s, it had me a little bit later. People would always think he's 20 years younger. I'll never forget when the doctor came in and he was very pessimistic. And he gave a very not promising outlook. And I just thought to myself, like, that's inappropriate because you can't measure faith, right? And purpose um, and hope. And so my dad is still going strong because 
He has desire. He has goals. He wants, he loves what we're doing with CLS. Mm. I'm interviewing some of his favorite professional athletes and so forth. He loves my fiance, my brother, my best friend, my only sibling. He has a little kid, a little son, my nephew, my dad's grandson. Mm. He's so excited about all these things going on. I believe that keeps him going. Um, I also know people that don't have goals and then they either die earlier or they retire and they get old fast. Mm. I know from contrast, when I didn't have many goals, I was existing. When I started running and that was a goal for me at that season of life, it generated so much enthusiasm mm. and a zest for life. Mm. And that led to other things. So I think you have to have goals, you have to have purpose and meaning in life. And this will generate desire and the excitement to get up every day. Ikigai. I think it's the Eastern principle of what gets you up every morning. What is your ikigai? It's a longevity. It's a foundation in, in longevity. They've studied people who live the longest, healthiest, happiest lives. And yeah, they eat a certain way, they move a certain way, but they also have purpose. They get up and whether it's family, community, they have a reason to get up, a goal. If somebody is, because there's a lot of people out there, because I was one, I used to be one of them, somebody, something with no goals, kind of just floating through life. Coasting. What would you say, should we start with a small goal? Or yeah, should we should we do the eulogy experiment and then? I think that will be revolutionary for anybody, assuming that you're not happy with your ending. And now you have the ability to change it. But But also, small goals, Right, you don't have to get a, a touchdown every day. Mm. And for my non-football fans, like you don't have to hit a home run or get the ball in the end zone every single day. Mm. But something that I believe you could control is getting a first down every day. Just moving the chains a little bit, mm. right? Going to the gym for ten minutes, maybe tomorrow fifteen, or maybe cutting out a little bit of junk food. Mm. Something that that gives you progress mm. every day, moving towards something. Yeah. That generates excitement, enthusiasm, all that stuff. So the best part is, is this is so tangible and practical. This is a nine-figure exercise. Mm. You can identify a small goal as early as right now, mm. listening to this episode, this mm. conversation. And you can start to reverse engineer it. Okay, well, how would I get there? What would I have to do? Well, I have to be a little bit healthier. Or I have to put myself out there. Or I have to work on my side project at nights. Whatever the case may be. And then you're striving towards that. Mm. Um, and you'll just become a happier person. And anybody could apply that immediately. Mm, mm. I love that. Just get a first down every day. Just move move the ball forward a little bit every day. Chip away. Compound. Uh, what's the? How do you eat an elephant? Uh, one bite at a time. Uh, I love the principle of um, Kaizen. I learned this a few years ago, and it changed my life. Um, Kaizen is a Japanese uh, word. I don't know why I'm talking about Japan so much. I'm wearing this uh <laughs> this robe. Um sick robe. The dragons on it. Yo, I didn't get one of those robes. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the way, it's in the mail. We got you. We got you. Make a note, Dustin, make it, let's get him a robe. But Kaizen is just so because we think that change happens in these big giant steps, and that's not always the case. It's the case sometimes, but not always. And I love Kaizen because Kaizen it tiptoes over the uh, amygdala in the brain, the fear. Um, because when you do something so small and seemingly insignificant, the brain isn't scared. It's like, oh, I can do that. I could, you know, they say if you want to learn how to floss, just floss one tooth every day. And what will you have at the end of the month? Not 
not just, you know, one clean tooth, but you'll also have a habit of picking up the string right. and going to floss. So like just chipping away. There's this coach. I know you, you, you're in the sports. Um, you had Dawkins on your, your podcast and I was a big fan of him, but one, I love basketball and one coach, basketball coach that I love, his name is John Wooden. Right. John Wooden, yeah, you know about John Wooden. Of course. Yeah, he's he's one of the most winningest. I don't know if he is the most winningest coach in NCAA history, but he's got a high winning average, winning percentage. So, but one thing that he would do uh, for incoming freshmen that would come in on the team, right? The whole week he would have them do this one activity. And when I asked people, do you know what it what it was? No. Okay. When I asked people, they were like. Yeah, I mean, probably had them do layup drills, uh, shoot free throws, three-man weave, passing drills. Sure. For the first week, the most winningest coach in NCAA history, he had his incoming freshmen practice how to tie their shoes. Because he said, if you can tie your shoe correctly, you can run up and down the court for longer periods of time without risking blisters, which would kick you out of the game. Right. So he focused on these small things. And I love this story. I love this analogy so much because we don't have to have these huge goals. No. We can break it down into small pieces and just chip away. Absolutely. Chip, chip, chip away. Yeah. How important is environment in reaching your, 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 your best and highest version of yourself, right? I think a lot of people might have friends and family that might be, you know, they might think they're toxic, but... Sometimes you can't can't get away from them as easy. How important is the environment and how can we architect our environments in a way that are in, in harmony with our best selves? Yeah, I think this is, this is such an interesting topic, Prince. I'm, I'm so glad that you brought it up. I think it's a little bit controversial mm. because for me, when I had these, this spiritual awakening and reinvented myself, it was absolutely imperative to me that I surrounded myself with like-minded people that were in alignment with who I was then, but more importantly, who I was becoming. Yeah. So people that weren't necessarily better than me, but were a little bit further ahead. Mm. And on the flip side, that also meant to have contrast, I had to disconnect from people mm. that were similar to the old Craig, mm. an old identity or skin that I shed. Mm. Was and that hard? This might surprise you. For me, it was easier than you'd think. Okay. And I just want to be clear because I want to be respectful. Mm. I don't think I'm better than anybody. Yeah. especially from my past. I'm just evolving yeah. and growing. Mm. And it's not that I'm outgrowing people because they, technically they have a choice to grow with you. But I'm spreading my wings and I want to be better and I want to be around people that are, that are inspiring, yeah. that I can learn from. And maybe even most important, people that elevate me and that are positive. And if I ever catch myself like in an interaction with somebody mm. more than once and I find myself like deflated, mm or lowering my frequency, I have to. I have a choice to make. Do I want to spend more time with that person or do I want to protect my energy for the life of me? Mm. And as you love to talk about, we're not here for that long. Mm. It's a dash, right? Like on the tombstone. Mm. So I think you have to be so intentional and selective with who you allow into your bubble of serenity. Mm. And that's probably going to mean cutting out a lot of people from your past as you continue to grow. Mm. And now it's like, all right, well, what do you do with family members? Yeah, I was going to say, well, okay, what yeah. about family? Kind of stuck with them. I'm very empathetic and, and about this topic 
because the truth of the matter is, is like both my parents are, are the most loving parents in the world, married over 50 years, they're the cutest couple, I love them, do anything for them. But by nature, they're very pessimistic, if I'm being honest. Hmm. They're the type of cats that like, if my dad will call me the day before the marathon, go, Craig, you sure you wanna run this thing? Like, what if you trip and like tear at your knee? I'm like, dad, how about a little like positive momentum here? Yeah, wow. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I just- Fear, he's got the fear. Yeah, you have to be conscious. If I'm gonna to speak to my parents and they're a little bit pessimistic, I know they're most likely not changing at this point. And I just, I'm okay with that for that moment. And I elevate my dad, not take it too personal. It's my parents. They have a whole past to be for life, anything they need. But other than that, my immediate family, if somebody brings me down or I don't vibe with them, then I'm most likely going in a different direction. It just is what it is. People are in your life for a season and a reason. And I'd love to ask you the same question. How do you handle situations like that? Well, naturally, I'm a, I'm a loner. And so it's not hard for me to say no. Other people, it is. I don't know if I was ever a people pleaser. Uh, I definitely wanted to be well-liked. I think we all do. Yep. We have some evolutionary foundation in, a, in all human beings to want to be well-liked by the group, yeah. by the social group. Um, but you know, I think it's, I think you really have to, you have to audit your life, yeah. right? You have to ask yourself, you have to go down every, every single avenue in which you are getting information. So that could be music, that could be, uh, TV, that could be, uh, conversations, content, content, you're receiving information and food from each of these places. And when you get to the relationship part, the relationship is the most important part. So you have to audit the people in your life. Or, or I hate to use this language, but are they assets or are they liabilities? Oof. Right? Are they adding to your life? Are they positively um, influencing you? Do you walk away inflated or deflated, mm -hmm. as you said? Um, so you, you really have to, I think, put it on paper. So then you actually see it because sometimes it's easy to, 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 to keep people in your life because, oh no, you know, they're my day ones, you know, I've, yeah. I've had them, I just deal with it. But you got to select people, uh, not with a common past, but a common future. Yeah. And that means you will outgrow people and that's okay. That's so good. The way you said that. Yeah. Not with a common past, but a common future. Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah. But this is where it gets exciting because now you start meeting new people that are on the same path, yeah. on a similar exactly. journey. Yeah, yeah. Because you, listen, this universe, it, it worked. I think if it was Tesla, he said, if you want to understand the universe, think in terms of energy and vibration. And when you're holding that vibration of wanting to, to be of service, wanting to uh, improve yourself, you vibrate that. And so you attract yeah. more and more people into your circle like yeah. that. But you have to make sure your cup is full and you hold it first. So important. You said order. I heard someone say one time, a spiritual purge. Mm. <laughs> and get rid of anything, anything or everything or everyone. Mm. That's not, like you said, mm. elevating you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Let's talk about the reinvention formula. This is a new book you got coming out. Why did you write it and what is the outcome you're hoping to give people after they read it? I have a lot to say. <laughs> um, you know, people think CLS 
was an overnight success because we built it in a little over two years and very humbled by that. But what they don't realize is that I had been cultivating it for 15 years with the personal development, with the strategizing, the emotional intelligence, psychology, historic figures, Kabbalah, you name it, I've tried it. And I've been documenting it as well. I'm a big journaler. Mm. And so I've been taking notes for years. And then when I had my spiritual awakening in the pandemic, I finally put it all together. And I received those downloads. Mm. And I was like, of course, personal development is more than a passion. It's mm. your purpose, Craig. This is your assignment. Mm. And so I went all in. I created a formula on how to lean into the uncomfortable action. When you hear that call, that tug, to think and play bigger, redesign your mindset, remove those negative thoughts because they're not facts. Mm. Be a witness of them and step into what you were born to do while you're here. And I think there's a misconception like you can't make a massive impact and have a lot of fun and also make a lucrative living. That's not true. Mm. You can absolutely create a hybrid mm. of making an impact, having a ton of fun and making a lot of money as well. Yeah. And I think that most people, because whenever I do a speaking engagement, the first thing I usually ask is how many people honestly know that they're here for something more than they're currently doing? Mm. I usually see 99.9% .9 people wow. raise their hands, wow. which means that all of us know that there's something more wow. for us. But what the data shows is that most people aren't leaning into that. Mm. Most people say they don't like their career. Why? How do we change that? How do we gain clarity? And how do we get inside the arena? Hmm. So I spent a long time suffering in silence, not having purpose, being depressed. And my hope for this book is that other people don't have to wait as long as I did hmm. because I created a formula. As soon as you become aware that you do have a choice, you can then lean into that, reinvent yourself. Hmm. Um, and I want everybody to live a fulfilling, meaningful, fun, abundant, exciting life mm. like I am now. Mm. Um, and I want to help people get there. Mm. Well, it's a gift to humanity. It's a gift to, oh, actually not even just humanity, I think all beings on this planet because when a person is happy and fulfilled, their vibration is is happy and fulfilled and anything they touch becomes happy and fulfilled. You know, you're not angry and violent anymore. So you change the way you you walk. You walk with a kind of a pep in your step. You change the way you eat. You change the way you see things, the way you give. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Um the and you so you've got the you've got the blueprint, the formula uh that people can if they're struggling in their in their life and what to do, uh what way to go, what path to carve for themselves, this book uh, will kind of lay out the step-by-step -step yeah. formula yeah. to how to reinvent. Let me be honest. I certainly don't know everything, but one thing I do know is how to reinvent yourself. Uh, and I just did that. I had one life, one career, and I, I pivoted, and we've had a lot of success in a short amount of time. And it wasn't just out of nowhere. It's the compounding that we talked about earlier, the first downs every day, the studying, the sharpening the ax, all that stuff. And now I'm able to put it all into one vessel. Mm. Form. I've also interviewed some of the world's greatest achievers over the last couple of years. There's commonalities on how people think. Yeah. And I put it all into this vessel. And I'm just so excited. Look, you can't guarantee commercial success and stuff like that. Of course, you want your book to do well. But I'm so proud of what we created here. Um, 
And I think it's going to help a lot of people. Awesome. Awesome. It'll help the people who need to hear it. Yeah. That's for sure. Would you be open to pivoting again in your life? Like, do you see a, another pivot potentially happening? Here's what I've learned. I'm available. That's it. Right? And, and <laughs> a lot of the coolest developments that have transpired over the last couple of years, I didn't see coming. Yeah. Because now I'm in that frequency where I'm a vibrational match mm -hmm. for all the abundance out there. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would definitely not rule anything out. Yeah. One thing I do know is that I'll be doing something with personal de human development, mm -hmm. if you will, uh, in some capacity mm. for the rest of my life. Yeah, because that's your gift. Yeah. How it manifests is up to the universe. Beautifully said. Mm. Awesome. Let's have another fun fun question, fun game, Let's kind of it. a rapid fire. Let's do it. This is the five best. What is the best investment you've ever made? In myself. Best book you've ever read? The Power of Positive Thinking. Classic. Best advice you've ever gotten? What if it goes right? <laughs> that's a good title actually is that a title for a book that's great not yet that's beautiful <laughs> that's beautiful that's a great that's possible i love that i'm gonna remember that one um what would you say your best personal growth practice is understanding that i don't know what i don't know and removing that ego and wanting to learn from everyone that i can and every situation uh, and constantly just having that mentality like I've never arrived. Mm. Mm. Best purchase you've ever made? Wow, that's a good one. The domain for my website, and here's why. I'll never forget, I got the spiritual downloads the very next day in a run in Central Park. Mm. I came up with the, the brand name, Cultivate Lasting Symphony. CLS, I play my initials. I always love the word symphony, I'm a strange cat. Mm. Pulled over to a bench, went to godaddy.com and purchased the domain mm. and that made it so real mm. that very moment i went back i'm like it's on wow i have a domain now we have a brand and i never looked back so even though at the time that probably cost maybe 70 bucks mm. it turned out to to give birth mm. to all the momentum that's followed so i never thought about the answer to that question um, but you hit me and on the spot. I think that's that's what that's it is. That's great. I love that. <laughs> Final question. This is the magic wand question. Uh, if you could wave a magic wand at the earth, bing, and then tomorrow, whatever wish, whatever magic wish that you made will be granted when you wake up, what would your magic wand wish be? Yeah, at, at the risk of sounding corny, just that more people would become conscious and, and awake and we can all get on the same page and we can minimize the division, whether politics, religion, the hate, all that stuff. And we can all just do a lot of good. Uh, I, I think that would make the world such a better place to be a part of, to participate in, to experience. Um, and that people would be available to want to get better. It took me a little while, um, but I know it's available for people if they can become conscious or awake as you like to say mm. or aware mm. beautiful yeah that would that would certainly solve a lot of a lot of issues that we see in the world if, yeah. if we became more conscious and less divisive and more aware and more available i love yeah. that craig thank you crushed it thank you so much buddy. thank you for being on sauna sessions yeah. how's the foot bath by the way Honestly, I never felt better. I feel like a billion dollars right now. You are. You are a billion dollars. <laughs> this is fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. <laughs>